I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Personality is something that we tend to think a lot about when we meet new people, whether through work. School or social events, it is often their personality on which we immediately focus. Now, whether they are nice, helpful, arrogant, outgoing, extroverted, or introverted, are just a few of the things that we assess as we evaluate the people around us. Now, you may ask, why do we do that? We do that is because we want to feel safe, because we don't know the stranger, and it is not safe if they are hostile toward us, or they may reject us. So we all have our unique personality, and I think the best way to present this topic is to dovetail it with. The topic of healthy relationship dynamics. So, before I continue, let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. So, take a deep breath in. Hold it for five seconds, and let it out with a sigh. Now let your thoughts go. Let your past go. Take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light.
and know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. Take another deep breath in. Hold it, and exhale out loud. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. A few years back, a research shows that if you have lousy relationships, meaning it could be unhealthy, toxic, abusive relationships, it will shorten your average lifespan for four years. So, could you imagine? It is quite significant. So, indeed, to have healthy relationship dynamics. It's not just vital for our physical health, but also our psychological and mental well-being. So recently, when I came across a Canadian blogger's article on relationship dynamics, her name is Rachel Pace, and I believe、um, she is also with the Code of Living Movement. Which was founded some ten years ago in Toronto, Canada. Their mission and goal is to make humans happier and more capable to deal with many life's ups and downs. So she is talking my talk. So I thought, what better idea to use her blog? To start off today's topic on how one's personality can create healthy or unhealthy relationship dynamics. On her blog, Rachel wrote, "The way we interact and communicate with others serves as the foundation for creating our relationship dynamics. How we stand or carry yourself, the words we use, our facial expressions, are some interactive behaviors that form the dynamics in the relationship." Quote unquote. Now it is important to understand that each person's unique personality emerge over time, and it is through personality development, which refers to how the organized patterns of behavior that make up our unique personalities. Needless to say. Relationship dynamics play a vital role in all socio-political and economical systems. So it is important、uh, for us to learn the skills and the understanding of our own personality in order to improve our relationship dynamics. It makes sense, right? Because in my consultation room, the couples that seek my help, they lack that knowledge and skill set. And unfortunately, for some, 
they may have a number of male adaptive behaviors derived from some kind of mental illness or disorder. The good news is, in most cases, they all can be managed, changed, or transformed. And let's not forget, it requires a lot of hard work on the couple's part. And I mean a lot. The main areas that I help my clients to look into are how assertive are they? How confident each partner is? What is their communication style? Do they avoid difficult conversations or avoid confrontations at all costs? Well, more often than not, these individuals did not learn how to have difficult conversations and to confront in a healthy manner because they were not being modeled in a healthy way by their caregivers. And the fourth area I help them to look into is who is more controlling? Or should I say, is there any pathological control in their relationship? There are some relationship dynamic scale out there. However, one leading a relationship inventory that most practitioners use is the prepare and rich inventory. So this inventory offers a relationship dynamics scale to assess whether couple dynamics are healthy or unhealthy. And obviously, they evaluate the four areas that I just mentioned. So for assertiveness, they evaluate whether each partner is able to communicate his or her needs and wants openly and honestly while remaining respectful. Because when you are not assertive, that's when people manipulate to get what they want. For self-confidence, the inventory assess the extent to which a partner feels positively or negatively about themselves and whether he or she maintains a sense of control of their life. For avoidance, like I mentioned earlier, one partner tends to minimize disagreements and refuse to confront or directly address conflict. And to be honest, when you are in a relationship, inevitably, you will have some kind of conflict because you're two different people. And when you don't, it doesn't mean that it's healthy either. So in other words, healthy relationship dynamics is not to avoid conflict. However, it's to learn how to communicate openly and respectfully. So to resolve problems and differences. Now, having said that, if one partner is abusive, then the other person has every right to disengage. 
and this will require a whole different skill set. Okay, as for partner dominance, um, it describes whether or not one partner seems to control the relationship. So let me give you a few examples um, of the questions that they ask in the Enrich inventory. So the participants have to rate a statement from the inventory from one to three. One means that a behavior occurs almost never in the relationship and a three meaning it occurs frequently. So there could be a statement like, when we argue, one of us withdraws. That is, doesn't want to talk about it anymore or leaves the scene. So when a participant scoring a three for this statement, it suggests that there is avoidance which can cause an unhealthy relationship dynamic. So what does it look like? A partner may be passive or have difficulty expressing their thoughts or feelings regarding the relationship. A partner who lacks assertiveness within a relationship may additionally bottle up emotions and ignore conflict, also showing avoidance. So unhealthy dynamics can also involve one member of the relationship making all decisions and trying to control the other partner. This can happen when one of the partners is having low self-esteem or low self-confidence. So either way, it is not healthy or beneficial for the relationship if one partner is more dominant than the other just because the other partner avoids conflict and has difficulty expressing his or her needs and feelings. Let me circle back to Rachel Pace Block. She wrote that dynamics in healthy relationships involve a positive cycle, which is characterized by high self-confidence and greater levels of assertiveness. This becomes a positive cycle because more assertiveness tends to lead to increased self-confidence. And I agree, because with increased self-confidence, it will lead to healthy self-esteem. And when one has healthy self-esteem, they tend to be less defensive. Rachel went on to say that when avoidance is low, disagreements are addressed instead of being pushed aside. This allows for open communication and healthy conflict resolution so that resentments do not build within the relationship. And again, I concur. And one important fact that she mentioned about the Prepare and Rich Inventory, where they assess the four relationship dynamics, right? One is assertiveness, two is self-confidence, three is avoidance, and four is partner dominance. 
She wrote that the four dynamics in the relationship are highly related, and can lead to a happier relationship if dynamics are healthy. For instance, if partners score high on the relationship dynamic of assertiveness, partners tend to like each other more and be more satisfied with their communication. And let me share with you her top five signs of healthy dynamics in a relationship. So number one, you are able to openly express your thoughts, feelings, and needs without becoming angry. Number two, you feel that your partner views you as an equal, and you also recognize your partner as your equal. Third sign. You are able to address disagreements effectively and do not avoid conflict in order to keep the peace. Fourth sign is that you feel positively about yourself. And the fifth sign of healthy dynamics in a relationship is that you feel that your opinions, needs, and wants within the relationship. Are just as important as your partners. Okay, my audience. If by now you think the dynamics in your relationship have unhealthy traits like partner dominance or avoidance, don't despair, because you can turn it around. Let's say you need to learn. How to be more assertive and practice the skill. In her blog, Rachel mentioned the tool DESC. D E S C is the acronym that stands for D. Describe the problem objectively. For instance, you may tell your partner, "When you raised your voice and called me lazy." When I didn't wash the dishes, E is to express your feelings regarding the problem. For example, when you called me a name, I felt worthless, hurt, insulted, and rejected. S stands for specify what you would like to happen differently next time. So it's sort of like drawing a boundary. You might say, "Next time, I would prefer if you avoid raising your voice, and calmly state that it would be helpful if I could wash the dishes for you." And the C stands for naming the consequences. This might look like. If you are not able to speak to me without yelling and name calling, it is going to drive a wedge between us. Actually, this is more of a macro consequence.、Um, I do have another skill for drawing boundaries with an individual, with a more specific consequence, and I promise I will share that tool with you. When I talk about the art of drawing boundaries in the near future, so stay tuned. And on that note, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay safe, 
learn heaps and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O.com. <laughs>